You're listening to a live recording from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. Thanks for joining us. Well, hi, it's good to be with you virtually and spiritually this morning. I don't know where you are, whether you're in the kitchen or the living room or the, maybe you're with somebody, maybe you're with your spouse or your whole family or like I was last week in our home church with six people. Man, wasn't Pastor Keith Jenkins' message great about using your power to, not to control people or dominate people, but to serve people. It was awesome. Just really loved it. Well, I'm going to be just real frank with you today. I'm going to give you an update on my physical and mental condition. Those of you that have been around Westside for a long time know that seven years ago I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. That affects your uh, dexterity, everything from dexterity to diet. And I'm glad that God has helped me not get worse very fast. He slowed the incline of the uh, worsening. But recently, to be honest, I've experienced greater tremors and it's almost impossible to write, and I'm having trouble with the computer and the iPhone, but I'm, my daughter's teaching me Dragon, so I'm gonna go speech to text, because I feel like I'm supposed to continue to write. Um, I have this stool up here, because a week ago I was using a walker. Spinal stenosis and spinal scoliosis, uh, I'm dealing with that challenge, but uh, thank God for cortisone. <laughs> I'm really, thankful for that. Um, sight, Parkinson's disease affects your sight. And I have glaucoma and I have a cataract in my right eye and I got an injury in my left eye fishing a couple years ago, so my sight. But I'm getting the cataract taken care of in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, also um, speech. So if I slur a little, I apologize because Parkinson's affects your speech. So that's physical. And uh, cognitively, Parkinson's affects that too. And uh, I find that I'm having trouble remembering things. Also, I'm having trouble remembering things. <laughs> so anyway, that's physically and mentally. You say, Ken, you're just getting older. Yeah, times 10. It's, uh, it's an overdrive, but uh, yes, I am. And uh, I'm, I really believe I'm healed. I do believe that. By his stripes, I have been healed. I'm just waiting for my body to catch on, waiting for my body to appropriate that, that healing. I believe in my healing. I know Jesus will heal me any minute now. It could happen. And uh, I believe he's helped me already and will help me more. I have nothing but praise in spite of all this. Uh, if you've been part of Westside for a while, uh, I, I was thinking the other day, I've been up here in front of this church 3,240 times. And so to be able to be here today, it's a great privilege for me and I just, want you to know that I love you and I have, I have so much praise and thankfulness in my heart. I got the most awesome wife in the world. She's totally supportive. Our kids and their spouses all live in Central Oregon. We get time with them. We love our eight grandkids and we have a new puppy. So we're just totally blessed. And uh, I want to pray. Father, I understand more than I ever have how Paul felt, the Apostle Paul, when he said, I came to, I came to you in weakness. He had a side issue. He totally believed in healing, but he had to deal with a side issue. He, uh, he uh, had bruises and probably continuing ramifications of being stoned and beaten and whipped. But he said, I come to you in weakness. And Father, today, be strong in my weakness. Be sharp in my dullness. Be profound in my plainness. I yield myself to you and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, I decided to start today's teaching with a question. Jesus asked 307 questions recorded in the gospel and questions are great teaching tools, maybe better than answers. That's why Jesus used questions so much. So I'm gonna start out with a question. Here's my question, you ready? Are you afraid to die? Last year, that question was asked of a large group in the United States of America before the Corona deal. And 25% said, I'm not afraid at all to die. And 11% said, I'm terribly afraid to die. I'm scared to death of death. So that left 64% in the middle. And probably most of us are there in the middle somewhere. Like the guy who said, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. So uh, most of us find me a little bit, but you know, I'm working on it. Should you as a Christ follower, and I hope there are people just checking this thing out watching, but should you as a Christ follower be afraid to die? Well, I, we're going to answer that question by going to the 11th chapter of John. And I'm going to ask you to get your, your uh, Bible on your phone if you got it. Where, whatever, get your phone please because you're going to need it. So run, grab your phone. If you want to, grab some paper and a pencil to take a few notes. But here we go in John 11. In the village of Bethany, there was a man named Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha. Mary was the one who would anoint Jesus' feet with a costly perfume and dry his feet with her long hair. One day, Lazarus became very sick to the point of death. So his sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, our brother Lazarus, the one you love, is very sick. Now, the last time Jesus was here, they tried to kill him. There were wanted posters everywhere. And Lazarus' sisters say, Lord, the one you really, really love is really, really sick, so really, really hurry. And yet Jesus didn't. He stayed where he was. And Jesus, and it says, uh, so his sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, our, bro our brother Lazarus, the one you love is very sick. Please come, please come. And when he heard this, he said, this, sick this sickness will not end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to God. This will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what takes place. This is one of just a couple places in the Gospels where Jesus directly called himself the Son of God. Something big is going to happen. Verse 5. Now, even though Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he remained where he was for two more days. Finally, on the third day, he said to his disciples, come, it's time to go to Bethany. Now, what's about to happen is going to be a preview for the resurrection of Jesus. I wonder what the Apostle John thought when probably being 70 or 80 years old and on the Isle of Patmos, when he wrote this, finally on the third day, that was after the third day resurrection of Jesus. Say it with me, finally on the third day. Jesus showed up, finally on the third day. You see, finally, what seems like finally to us is just right to God. There are two Greek words for time, chronos and kairos. Kronos is about the quantity of time and Kairos is about the quality of time. Kronos is about the measure of time and Kairos is about the meaning of time, about the right time. Jesus' brothers tried to get him to jump the gun and go to Jerusalem at the beginning of the feast and Jesus said to his brothers, for you, any Kronos is right. Any time is right because you do what you want when you want. For me, he said, it's gotta be Kairos. It's gotta be the Father's timing. This is huge, living in God's timing. It says in Proverbs, there's a time for every purpose under heaven. You know what? I want all my purposes to be under heaven. I want my purposes to be God's purpose for my life. And if I'm living that way, I will find the Kairos moment for the things I do. Verse eight, but Jesus, 
But teacher, they said to him, do you really want to go back there? Just a short time ago, the people of Judea were going to stone you. So he's heading in head on into danger. And they're saying this might be lights out for us. And Jesus says, no, no, just walk with me. I am the light. If you're in the light, you see what's right. And if you do what's right, you'll be remain in the light. And so Jesus is the light. And he says, just be with me. Then Jesus added, Lazarus, our friend, has just fallen asleep. It's time to go and awaken him. Sleep was the main way the early church referred to death. The, our word for uh, uh, cemetery comes from the Greek kometeron, which means sleep. Cemetery is a sleep place. And uh, Chrysostom, the early church father, said this, what is death at most? It is a sleep longer than usual. So that if you fear death, you should also fear sleep. Jesus said, if the disciples said, if he's sleeping, Lord, he's better. Jesus said, no, no, he's dead. He's physically dead. And for your sakes, verse 15, I'm glad I wasn't there because now you can have another, look at this, another opportunity to see who I am so that you will learn to trust in me. Come, let's go and see him. He said two reasons. I'm glad I wasn't there when he was sick unto death and when he died because you're going to get another opportunity. They've been with him three years. You're going to get another opportunity to see who I am and to trust me more. And this, Jesus would say the same thing to many of us. You're going through what you're going through. It doesn't seem right, but you know what? Kairos, you're going to get another opportunity to see who I am and to, and to believe me more. Do you want to believe more than you do? Listen, we get faith in situations where we need more faith. That's when God gives us faith. Situations like corona, situations like Jesus was in, situations like danger and death. That's where you get more faith. And Jesus said, I'm glad I wasn't there because you're going to have more faith and you're going to see something about me you've never seen before. So let's go that we can, Thomas, I love Thomas the doubter, who became Thomas the martyr. He said, let's go die with him. So they went. Now, verse 17, when they arrived at Bethany, which was only about two miles from Jerusalem, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Four days dead. Now, scholars think that Mary and Martha sent a messenger to Jesus who was a one-day walk away. Jesus waited two days, and then he and the disciples made the one-day walk back. That's a total of four days. That's probably, probably when they, soon after they sent the messenger, while they were on, messengers were on their way to Jesus, Lazarus died. Jesus knew that. Did you know that Martha, the, the wife of George Washington, our first president, was begged by George Washington on his deathbed not to let them put his coffin in the ground until he'd been dead four days. He wanted to make sure he was dead before they buried him. So this is a different Martha, but it's been four days. Now, many of the friends of Lazarus and his sisters were in Bethany, and Martha went out to meet Jesus. And Martha said to Jesus, my Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that if you were to ask God for anything, he'd do it for you. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise and live. She replied, yes, I know he will rise with everyone else on resurrection day. Martha, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection. I am life eternal. I am the resurrection. I am, and the word he used here is Zoe. I am Zoe. This is one of the main reasons Jesus was glad he wasn't there when Lazarus died. 
because he was going to be seen for who, who he really was. Not that, she, as, as Martha said, you can get life from God. He's going, to, he's going to show her, I am life from God. Here's the third thing I want you to write down. Jesus not only gives life, he is life, and he gives himself. He gives life by becoming our life. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. Even though he dies, will live forever. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Well, you got to get straightened out whether he's talking about physical death or spiritual death. Physical life or spiritual life. Even though he or she dies physically, temporarily, she or he will not die spiritually, eternally, permanently. That's what Jesus is talking about. Now, the early Christians used three words for life. Bios, where we get biology for physical life, your bod bodily life. Suke, where we get psychology, your personality life, your soul life, your intellect, your emotions, your will. But they saved the word and used only the word zoe for spiritual life, the God kind of life, eternal life. I wanted to read something to you from the book that I am publishing and launching today, as a matter of fact. This is out of the book that is based on the Gospel of John and uh, about Zoe and Suke. Jesus talked about two kinds of life, Suke, a life destined to die, and Zoe, a deeper, longer life, eternal and immovable. In his book, Selling Water by the River, the author uses a clever illustration to explain the importance of putting Zoe first. If you have five numbers, four zeros and one one, you can arrange them with a, uh, with a value ranging from one to a thousand. Of course, zero, 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 one or one, zero, zero, zero. The key to the greater value is to get the one, the Zoe, before the zeros, the Suke. Suke matters, but not compared to Zoe. The key to experiencing deep, unending life is putting Zoe first. What does that mean? That, that's what you're doing right now by being here and by, by being a church together with all of us online. You're putting Zoe first. You're saying, I'm going to culture. I'm going to invest in. I'm going to improve my Zoe life. That's what you do when you get up in the morning and get in God's word and pray and spend time with the Lord before you start your day. Put Zoe first. This helps me appreciate even more the motive behind Jesus' decision to set his face toward Jerusalem and death. The Bible says in John 10, the good shepherd lays down his life, that's suke, for the sheep. He let go of his life, says in John 3, suke, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. There it switches to zoe. So in the book here, which is a devotional based on the book of John, the life challenge for this morning is think of one way you can put the one before the zero today. Up on the screen is going to come a, a, a site, a URL site in the text, signsoflifebook.com. And the text is signs71441. I'll talk more about this at, at the end of what I have to share today. The question we started with, should I be afraid to die as a follower of Christ? Should I be afraid to die? Well, the answer is no and yes. No, you should not be afraid of physical death, but you should be terrified of getting disconnected from God, of spiritual death. Jesus even said to the disciples, he, he slowed them down and he, when things were getting dangerous for him and they could see there was dark clouds on the horizon. Jesus said, listen guys, do not be afraid of your heart stop beating, when your heart stops beating. Do not be afraid of taking your last breath on this planet. What you really need to be afraid of is anyone and anything that decreases your Zoe life. I, I believe the Lord who's been to the future and back, who is eternal God, knows what he's talking about.
We should take that to heart. Verse 25, and the one who believes, the one who lives by believing, I love that phrase, lives by believing. The one who lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? 14 people that were there at least believed, more believed after 11 disciples, 11 of the 12, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, believe that the one who lives by believing in Jesus will never die. But they're gonna end up believing more. They're gonna end up seeing something about Jesus they hadn't seen before. Write this down, we must decide again and again to believe. I got up the other day and I said, you know, Lord, there's a lot of junk going on in our nation. There's a lot of negative things on the news, but you know what? I believe you're in charge. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe things are gonna end up the way you say. I believe. I was telling this to a friend, he said, and I do too, he said, I do that too. He said, and I have to say it out loud. I believe, why don't you say it with me right now? I believe, I just think that's powerful. I'm gonna say that over and over all day. I believe, I, every day, Lord Jesus, I believe again. I've thought about this, and you know what? I believe again, and I believe even more. Jesus asked Martha the question he asked each one of us. Verse 27, then Martha replied, yes, Lord, I do. I've always believed that you are the anointed one, the son of God who has come into the world for us. Do you believe? She says, yes, I do. Then she left and turned off, hurried off to her sister Mary and called her aside from the mourners and whispered to her, the master's here and he's asking for you. Mary runs out and finds Jesus at the same spot that Martha found him. He hasn't come any closer to town. He's like he's lingering. You ever feel like Jesus is, should show up but he's lingering somewhere? You know, sometimes Jesus comes to us. He's moving toward Mary and Martha and Lazarus but often we need to come to Jesus. We have that little saying, we had to come to Jesus talk. That means a real serious. We need to seriously come to Jesus. At Billy Graham Crusades long ago, they used to say, just as I am without one plea, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. There's gonna be times, and maybe it's right now in this kind of a time, when Jesus is saying, I've come to you so far, but you need to come these steps now. You need to do this, you need to come to me, come to Zoe, come to life. Jesus lingers, he stays in the same place. Have you ever felt like Jesus was lingering, loitering, sometimes, where, where are you, Lord? You should have shown up long ago. When Mary, when Mary finally found Jesus outside the village, she fell at his feet, can you see that? In tears and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's saying the same thing Martha said, Lord, if only. When Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet, and all her friends who were with her grieving, the Greek word is wailing, kleo, she shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and Jesus shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. Don't you love that about Jesus? That's, he's still that way. And he said to them, where did you bury him? Lord, come with us and we'll show you, they replied. Then tears streamed down Jesus' face. Now this isn't kleo, this is dacrio. This is a different Greek word for weeping, it just means to weep silently with tears coming down his face. He's not wailing because he has a different view on life and death than they do. The friends and the family were wailing, but he wasn't. Jesus, though, is deeply moved. He's saddened by their sadness. He's angry at the dealer of death. He's angry at death. Seeing Jesus' tears, as the Bible says, some friends said, boy, he really loved that guy. I wonder why he didn't show up earlier. And you know, still today, or any day, when we experience death in a family, a loved one, someone around us, or face our own death, 
I wonder why God's not showing up. I wonder why he didn't show up early. If only, there's a lot of that. That's just part of the deal of processing and dealing with life and death. Then Jesus with intense emotions came to the tomb, a cave with a stone placed over its entrance. Jesus told them, roll away the stone. Martha said, but Lord, it's been four days since he died. He stinketh, no, that's not in there. She said, by now his body is already decomposing. But Lord, have you ever said that to him? I said, many, many times, but Lord, don't you get this? She has faith, but she's gonna about to have more faith. Jesus looked at her and said, didn't I tell you that if you will believe in me, you will see God unveil his power? You know what, excuse me. I love it when God rolls up his sleeves. Jesus prayed a simple prayer out loud. It was really not a prayer. He said, this is not a prayer. His way of living was a prayer. It was just him giving honor to the Father and advertising Zoe life out loud. He said, I did this so they'd hear. And with a loud voice, Jesus shouted with authority, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. Come here to me. The yell from the end of the ages happens early. This is a preview when Jesus is going to say, come to me, Ken. Come to me, put your name there. Come to me, come to me. Come to life, come to Zoe. I love the term Zoe life. I love the term Zoe. For 10 or 15 years, I've been saving words or terms that describe Zoe life. Let me share a few with you. Alive to God life. Amazing life. Awesome life. Blessed life. Bountiful life. Brilliant life. Abundant life. Outrageous life. I've got 115 more, you wanna hear them? <laughs> we don't have time for that, sorry. Everything from A to Z, adventurous to zestful. Then verse uh, 44, then in front of everyone, I like that, in front of everyone. In front of everyone, Lazarus, who had died four days earlier, slowly hobbled out. He still had his grave clothes tightly wrapped around his hands and feet and covering his face. Can you see him? He can't see anything. He's just kind of a, a bump, bumping mummy, you know, a little bouncing mummy. And Jesus says, Take, unwrap him and let him loose. You know, unwrap him, move the stone, unwrap him. When God does a miracle, there's always something, little thing for us to do. We have a part in the miracle. Something that will use our faith, require our faith and develop our faith. And so they did that. Jesus called and Lazarus came forth. And you know what? It's Lazarus. He's still calling him Lazarus. This is the same person. He's been decomposing four days, but he's recomposed. This is a picture. This is a glimpse. This is a... Uh, something about resurrection that it, it involves our body. A lot of religions believe that the physical is all sinful and negative, including our body. We'll only be free when we're just spirit. God doesn't feel that way. Resurrection includes our body. This is Lazarus. This is still Lazarus. Our resurrection doesn't just involve our soul and our spirit, our suke and our bios, our soul and our body, our suke and our bios. It involves our spirit, our zoe, all of us, Lazarus was still Lazarus. There's a continuity between the eternal, the temporal and the eternal. And then it says many believed. Do you? Do you believe again today? Do you really believe? Do you believe more than you ever have? I hope so. The two primary themes of the whole book of John are life and belief. There are 14 verses that have the word live and believe in them in the same verse. Listen to me now. Physical death is not cessation. The other day I was thinking about, boy, I, I don't know what, what things would be like if I ceased to exist. 
I said, I'm not afraid of hell. That's taken care of. I'm looking forward to heaven. But physical death does not involve sensation. It's about cessation. It's about continuation. You will not cease to exist. The moment you take your last breath here, you'll take your first breath there. You'll be, it'll be not cessation, but continuation, elevation, celebration, graduation. Praise God. Somebody say praise God for Zoe. Praise God for resurrection for life. So Paul says followers, followers of Christ should not grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We have hope. We endure the separation, but we rejoice in the graduation. We believe in the resurrection. I want you to say this with me, and you can say this with assurance. If you have Jesus, you have life. I want you to say this. I know for certain I'll spend eternity in heaven. Say it with me. I know for certain I'll spend eternity in heaven. For those of you that couldn't quite say that, you're not certain about that. You can be certain today. And I want to say to you what Jesus said to Martha. You don't have to wait. Let's take care of it right now. I want you, especially, and all of you that are watching and listening, to pray this prayer with me. Jesus Please give me Zoe life. Pray it out loud, even if you're there with someone else in your home church. I believe you are the resurrection, my resurrection. I believe you are the life, Zoe life, my life. Thank you that I will be with you forever in heaven, fully alive. Amen. Wow, celebrate with the ones that just made that prayer and can now know they have life, have Zoe life. Well, I'm so excited about my, uh, and I'm so sorry. Parkinson's has nasal things too. <laughs> I'm so excited about my new book, Signs of Life, God's Introduction to a Better, Stronger, and Longer Life. And it's being released today. Like I said, it's based on the Gospel of John and what Jesus said and demonstrated about Zoe aliveness, Zoetic life in the Gospel of John goes verse by verse, it's a devotional. And I'm gonna invite you to share with me in this launching of this book today. You may not know this, but the success and the circulation of a book is largely determined on what happens the first day after its release. And so my editor, my publisher, Ignite Press, has come up with a very strategic and specific plan based on uh, Kindle's strategy. And uh, the idea is to get the hands, as, get the book a high profile as possible, become an Amazon bestseller, and then, by, then get in the hands of many, many people and in the hearts of many, many people. So I ask you to get your phone, grab it right now, right now, grab your phone. If it's close by or you have it, grab it. If not, grab a paper, or paper and a piece of pencil. Here's all you need to do to participate with me in this. You put into your phone the text, signs 71441, it's up on the screen right now, signs 71441, or you go to your uh, URL, your search engine, and type in signsoflifebook.com. Okay, you got it? Signs 71441. Text that or visit signsoflifebook.com. Help with the launch. Buy a special kind of version. You know how much it's going to cost today? It's usually $7.99 today for one day. It's part of our strategy. 
99 cents. 99 cents today, the Kindle version. And you may not read Kindle, you may not have a Kindle device, but what, what's 99 cents? Buy one anyway. And I want to tell you, Kindle is readable on all computers with a free app. It's readable on all computers, Windows and Apple. It's readable on tablets. It's readable on smartphones. So you can not only buy it for 99 cents, you can read it. And you can call a few of your friends and say, text Kindle 71441, and you can get a free book by Pastor Ken for, for 99 cents. Today only. It's usually 7.99, but today only it's 99 cents. Why am I doing this? Because my calling is to tell people that you can be more alive than you are now and you can be more alive forever. There's aliveness available in Jesus that you haven't tapped into yet. Let's do it. That's my calling. Monetary has nothing to do with this book. Every single dollar of net profit is going to uh, Samaritan's Purse, a Christian charity run by Franklin Graham, son of the late Billy Graham. So I'm asking you to do it now. You, you say, I'll do it sometime today. No, you'll forget. Right now, while we're here, get your phone, text 71441, or get your computer or into your phone search engine, put signsoflifebook.com. It'll immediately take you to a, launch, to a, a uh, Amazon Kindle page where with just a quick click or two, you can buy the Kindle version for 99 cents. I'm asking you to do it with me, to partner with me in this venture. It'll take one minute and 99 cents. So get her done right now. Well, let's finish up. I admitted outside I am diminishing, but let me tell you something. Inside, I'm growing stronger and more alive every day. And I've ordered a new body. I used Jesus' credit card, the real MasterCard. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to get my new body. And so I say to you today, as a gospel messenger, live from the inside out. Live all in.